This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, it is 2023. The Capitals had a pretty good month to end 2022, kind of turning the season around a little bit. Joining me, as always, to ring in the new year, Coach Dan. How's it going, man? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? You got that snazzy new uh, retro jersey. I do. I got got to thank my girlfriend very much for my Christmas gift. I got one of the reverse retros from this year. I like it. I think they should make it the main one from now on. Let's let, we're done with rocking no, the red. We, no, we got yeah. it. I, well, we can. I mean, first of all, it's not rock the red. Now it's all caps, which that one needs to go away. Yeah, like the lack of create or not even lack of creativity, but a little bit the lack of creativity. But just like it's just dumb. I don't <laughs> like the all caps. I just think it's something. Like I get it, like caps because capital letters are caps because the t- stop it. Well, I, I loved it when they won the Stanley Cup and it was all ours. I loved that. I thought that I was mean, such yeah, a great that slogan. that was good. That but was clever. In 2019, we should have come up with a new one by now. But like, Let's we're done with more. we're done with the red. I like this. I like the black. I like the dark blue. Let's do that. Let's let's go with that. Let's let's make these the primary. The W's are the alts, and then we'll figure something else for the roads. But anyway, uh, let's talk. No, that's a- the alternate. You're wearing the alternate right no, now. No, I want this to be the primary, unless you want the W to be the, the primary. All right, well, it's been nice chatting with you. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk a, a little bit, though. Let's start off here with, with the entire sports world and just the entire world in general is uh, talking about. We've got uh, DeMar Hamlin, who is a Buffalo Bill uh, player on Monday night, collapsed on the field. Um, had to be given CPR and uh, an AED. Uh, he had to shock his heart on the field. Uh, an ambulance came on the field, took him away to the hospital, and currently he's in ICU as we record this, still fighting for his life, showing signs of improvement, but still a long road to go, and we're not out of the woods yet. But uh, I wanted to talk about this on, on What the Puck because, Coach Dan, you're a Buffalo Bills fan, and – We've we've seen tragedies like this happen in the hockey world, but this one, it it really has has sent the the world and and the sports world in general into like kind of like a, a tailspin because this was live. It was Monday night, millions of people watching on television on ESPN to see this guy just fall like he did. It just an absolute tragedy, and could happen to any any sports figure out there in the world but to see it live on television was really difficult to see what's going through your head what's going through the the buffalo fan base's head and uh just tell me tell me how you found out about it on monday and and what you were thinking and just just walk us through everything so in terms of my watching i i hadn't turned the game on yet i was you know putting my kids to bed i got two little ones and I know they go to bed a little bit later <laughs> than they probably should at their age. But, uh, you know, I, I I was getting the TV up and I was 
uh, going to the ESPN app and, and I saw on Twitter people talking about it. Um, so I turned the game on right after it had started. And it was, I mean, it was crazy in terms of, it was a not a, a normal play yep. where, you know, uh, normalish tackle, like nothing too different about it. It wasn't a play where like, you know, you think like a, a, a player's leg would get broken, like an Alex Smith type situation. Um, it wasn't a concussion type situation like uh, two has been dealing with. It just seemed like a very normal play. And then, you know, he, faint, it, it basically fainted. He passed out. He collapsed on the field. And it's scary because it was so normal of a situation. And, you know, there's so many things that, that could have gone worse on that night. I mean, you think back to like the Euros of 2020 when Christian, which was in 2021, when Christian Eriksen of Denmark collapsed on the field and they were giving him CPR. And, uh, you know, I mean, there have been other situations we talked about when there was, um, I think it was Brandon Alter. Uh, find him on Twitter. Uh, good dude from the all in the area over here in Maryland, Montgomery County. Um, he was talking about, um, I don't know if you remember in Atlanta when the Jets were still the Thrashers, uh, the goalie, Pelich fell down. Uh, I, I remember down, that. I apologize. When he collapsed on the ice, that was that um, was know, the the uh, season opener, cap season opener. Uh, is that right? I don't remember that part. Okay. I was I was watching that game. I was at a bar, uh, watching that game, and everyone was so confused of like what happened because he was nowhere near the action. He was in his own mm-hmm. net. Everyone was at the other end, and there's like this this one camera shot from all the way at the other end, and you see him kind of like point over to the bench and just fall over. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember, I feel like he was, it was on camera because I remember kind of seeing the top of the ice, him like skating away and like, where's he going? There's no penalty. And then he collapsed. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe there was an injury that he was trying to signal. And it was like one of those things where like sometimes in soccer, if you have an injury, but it's not something where it's like very obvious, you'll just sit down on the field as like a signal of like, hey, I've pulled something. I've something hurts. Like something's not right. I need, we need to stop so I can get off the field. And, um, you know, just seeing what happened and seeing the players and then, and then hearing that the NFL was like, all right, well, you get five minutes to, to you know, after everything had gone down, it was like, and they were able to um, move him off the field, you know, get him into the ambulance, get him the help he needed so they could safely transport him to the hospital so he could get the care that he needs. They're like, all right, you get five minutes to get back up and ready to play. And it was like, are you, are you serious? And I know the NFL has come out and denied that, and they have the rules and they have their, you know, um, plans for certain situations where it's major injuries and things that might happen. And um, it was just, it was crazy. And I got to give credit to ESPN and the announcers and commentators and everyone that was, they, you know, they're essentially vamping for as long as they could because they were getting little snippets of information and it took way too long for the NFL to be like, yeah, we're, we're calling this game. Uh, we're not having any more tonight. You know, it wasn't a, a someone breaking their leg. It wasn't a concussion where you're like, yeah, this is serious, but we know that this person's going to be okay. Like no one knew anything. And for the bills players, I mean, Bengals players as well, but for the bills players who have been you know working with them for months, you know, or, or even since last year, you know, this is their, this is their guy. It's one of their teammates. And to see him go down and, it's one thing for him to have like, you know, gotten hurt and you're like, okay, he's going to be right. You know, he's he's conscious. He's talking. He's just in a lot of pain to see. I've never, thankfully knock on wood, been in a situation where I've had to give in CPR, but I've had to do like Heimlich maneuver before. And it's, you know, it's scary for a second, but CPR, I mean, that's frightening. And to have it go on for over 10 minutes for them to having to revive him. It's just, 
I don't know how the NFL took so long to be like, no. Like, mental health of these players was clearly not the first thing the NFL was thinking about, and that's a problem. So, I think if there is any good to come out of a situation like this, other than his health, um, and, you know, hopefully he makes uh, a quick recovery and can be back to normal as soon as possible or as close to normal as possible for him. Um, if any good is to come out of this, is that hopefully the sports world really starts talking about mental health. And because even physical, actually, to an extent, I think, because, you know, football is a very violent game. You know, we have hockey, and we talk all about, you know, hockey's a violent game, it hits, but you don't necessarily see these type of plays that often. I mean, hockey's dangerous from skates, and we see players get cut occasionally from skates, and there are scary situations where players can get cut with a skate. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like Clint Malarchuk or, or Zednik, I think happened to have that happen at one point. But we need to start talking about mental health in general better in, in, in this country, in the world, and doing what we can to protect players. And the fact that it took the NFL over an hour to decide what they're doing next, that's ridiculous. Like, it seemed like, my understanding is that the coaches came together and were like, well, the NFL says we can warm up and play. Screw that. We're going back to the locker room. Like, the coaches made the decision, not the NFL, which props to both of them. But I just, I can't imagine what these what everyone's going through right now. Um, props to Stefan Diggs for, you know, the player. The Bills flew back to Buffalo that night. He stayed behind and went to, I know he wasn't the only one blanking on who else was there. He just went to the hospital and was like, I'm going to be with my teammate. So um, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was, it's a crazy thing. I hope he's doing well soon. And, um, you know, scary. It, it definitely was a scary sight to see. And to see Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow hugging Josh Allen, like that was, that was some pure terror on their faces. And like you said, it was a, it was a teammate of theirs. Somebody they shared a locker room with it's, it's, and potentially to see this person like they didn't know at the time that he was taken to the hospital, but like in their heads, they could be like this guy. We just watched our teammate die on the field that uh, had to have just been a horrific thing to do. But I think that the team surrounding uh, Hamlin while he was being worked on in the field, surrounding him so no camera shots could get him, no camera phones could could get a scene of him getting CPR or getting his heart shocked as well, really does show uh how much he meant to the teams and the teams are thinking about um, their teammate as a human and not just a, another player. Uh, the NFL taking so long to call the game. I, I, I don't know if it was, I, I don't, I, I don't want to hold that against them just for the sheer fact that this has never really happened before. Yes. Somebody has passed out on the field and, and they finished the game in the seventies and stuff like that. But I think the NFL really was was trying to figure out what to do because you need to remember that there were 70,000 people in the stands. Do you send everyone into a panic or trying to get them to rush out the door? Do you all want do you want them leaving the stadium while the ambulance is trying to get to the hospital? I think they were weighing every option of what to do next because nobody knew what to do next. This has never happened before. I remember Back in like the late 90s, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, but Owen Hart fell from the, the top of the arena and he landed in the ring and the two by fours 
underneath the the ring were broken from the impact of Owen's body falling from the sky. And they did CPR on him. They, they stretched him to the back, sent him to the hospital, and he passed away, you know, in the hospital or in the ambulance ride to the hospital. But five, ten minutes later, there was a match in the ring. And Jeff Jarrett, uh, who was a, one of the guys in, in the next match, he has a podcast now. And he said, I never really I never really thought about it. I never really processed it until 20, 30 years later after this has happened um, and talked about this on this podcast about I was the first one out there and I felt the divot in where the board was broken and and stuff like that. And he's like, I didn't really think about it. You know, we just kind of went out there and did it. Um, I like that the NFL this week has given like counselors to each one of the the clubs and to talk to players and talk about what's next, because, I mean, that could have been anybody on in, in the NFL. That that play was so routine. It, it could have just been anybody. And it's, it wasn't just something this player had going on. So to have counselors there and doctors and stuff to talk about, I, I like that that the NFL is doing that as well, because, I mean, these guys, every time they go out on the field, they do risk their lives. And we saw on Monday it really is. Uh, uh, you do risk it, you know, that you can be as safe as safe as you can hope to be. But stuff like this, freak accidents like this do happen. And um, I'm sure that that is weighing on a lot of players minds right now uh, that are playing in the NFL and practice today. So it, it's it's a very, very scary situation. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate to see. But let's just hope that uh, that um Jamar Hamlin is okay. That he can, he can uh, make a full recovery. It's it right now as we're recording. It's a lot of unknowns still. I, from what I understand, he's he's in critical condition. He's he was using one hundred percent of a ventilator that has been moved down to fifty on uh, today, Wednesday morning, and that's what the doctors wanted. So it seems as if things are moving in the right direction. But you know, let's just let's just hope and pray that that he makes a complete and full recovery. And hopefully when he wakes up, you know, he can see all of the the support that everyone's doing. I mean, Cincinnati Bengal fans went to the hospital, held a vigil last night, a candlelight vigil for him. Uh, people have donated over six million dollars to his charity that their goal was twenty five hundred dollars when he originally put the GoFundMe out. So we are seeing we are seeing the good of, of sports right now. And, and it, it, he's really doing, he, he's bringing the world together uh, because it's just, it, it was just so shocking to see and so unfortunate to see, but hopefully, um, hopefully he makes a full recovery and hopefully he can leave a normal life, lead a normal life. Um, but it's, it's just, it, it was very unfortunate and, and, and just scary to see on Monday. So hopefully, hopefully everything will be okay in the long run, but we shall see. So coach, you, you ready to talk a little bit about the caps? Let's do some hockey talk. All right, let's do a little bit of hockey talk. The capitals uh, have done, have done well since we talked last, they did, they went four Oh and two. They went on a little bit of a winning streak in December. They won 11 games in December that's uh, that's some great news for a team that looked like they were really struggling and and this was this was seemed like this season was just going to be a wash but um, December very good month for the Capitals. I'd say so. 11 two and two in December, a 24 out of a possible 30 points jumped up in the standings. I mean that 
they're what third now in the division if i have that correctly let's see that is oh i'm sorry they are now as we talk they are tied for third with the rangers though they have one more game played both at 48 points so yeah i mean it was a very good month for them in terms of the players it not only was it a good month in terms of points but they're getting guys back oh played in the loss to buffalo in overtime last night which, uh, even though it was a loss, was a very good game against Buffalo. I mean, they came back. They were down a few, came back. Parts and then, of it. Yeah. Some parts not so great. Yeah. Uh, but they were able to get a point, come back in that game. They had a lead. They let the lead get away. Um, and then ended up, unfortunately, losing in overtime. But they got a point out of a game they probably shouldn't have gotten anything from. But, uh, I mean, you know, they went 4-0 and 2 since we last talked. I mean, they had a really good month. And now it looks like they're getting some more guys back. I mean, it sounds like. Backstrom and Wilson are getting really close to coming back. Uh, even Carl Haglin was skating. He was getting in a non-contact jersey of practice. But I think these are good signs for this team, and they're about to have an interesting problem in terms of what their lineup is going to look like, um, which is a good problem to have, but a problem nonetheless. And so it does bring up some other questions in terms of what's the lineup going to be, who's going to play, and who's going to sit out when you have Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson back in the lineup. Yeah, they were talking about that a little bit on uh, Caps this morning, and uh, I feel really bad because, like, John Walton was like, you know, Alexis Protus and Sonny Milano, they, uh, while while they're doing really well, they're probably going to be the odd guys out. And, you know, when, when Backstrom and Wilson come back, those guys are sitting, which is really unfortunate because especially like a guy like Sonny Milano, yeah, he was brought in because other people were hurt, but he's doing really well. I mean, I like this guy. I want him back next year. I want him – this goes kind of against what I talked about last time in terms of waiting um, on our last show, but I want him signed to a deal, a two-, three-year deal. I know, you know, Obviously, it would depend on how much he wants. Right now, he's on – I think it's, it's 750000 You know, If you can get him for 1.5, if you take that low, maybe two for the next couple of years, I mean, he's producing right now. He's doing better than a, a number of other guys who are gonna, still going to stay in the lineup when he may not. He's got 18 and 27, six goals, 12 assists. I like what they're getting from him. His shooting percentage right now is fourth on the team at 14.6. So that's pretty good for a guy that you kind of took a flyer on and you weren't sure if you were going to want to keep him playing. But I also think you have to look at terms of what is the lineup going to be in terms of the center spot. You know, you have five centers for four spots in Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Strom, Eller, and Dowd. You're not taking Dowd out of the lineup. You're not taking Kuznetsov out of the lineup. You're not taking Strom out of the lineup. And I'm, I'm imagining they're not taking Eller out of the lineup. So I know when Backstrom and Wilson were practicing the other day, Strom was playing on the wing. And, I, you know, I liked the idea to an extent of a guy who can play in the center spot on the wing because if you get kicked out of, you know, if your center gets kicked out of the faceoff circle, that guy can come in and likely have a better chance of winning a faceoff than, uh, you know, your generic or normal winger. So this team has some uh, flexibility in terms of what their lineup is going to look like going in the next little bit. Um, but like we talked about, if that comes at the reality of having a guy like Sonny Milano who is producing sitting up in the press box, you know, that that's concerning for me. But I don't know whose spot he takes. Protis going in the press box, like that just kind of is what it is. You know, he plays on that fourth line. He hasn't given he's on the fourth line. He doesn't produce as much. He's only got, let me double check. He only had, where did he go? Nine points in 40 games, three goals, six assists. But like I said, he's playing on the fourth line, but he's only 21 years old. He's still a young guy. He's still got plenty of hockey left. 
Uh, I believe he's waivers exempt. So if they wanted to send him down to Hershey so he can keep playing, that's not the worst thing for him to go and play on a very good Bears team right now and, you know, kick some butt down there while the Caps keep going and you can call him back up. The worst thing for him right now, I think, is to sit in the press box when he needs to be playing. But who comes out of the lineup for Milano? That's my question. And, you know, my first inclination is, well, you put Strom at center and Eller goes and sits over in the press box. He's only got 15 and 39, but he's doing really, he's, you know, he's got 52% in the face. I believe he's got their best faceoff percentage of their centers. And that's something you definitely want out there. He and Dowd are the only guys over 50% that no one played the center spot. Strom is just under. So it's, I mean, it's a problem. Is he starting, it, does he end up in a rotation? Him, I don't know, Marcus Johansson, who's got um, two more points than him, but in 13 more games. Like I, I would have a hard time trying to explain why Sonny Milano is out of the lineup and someone like, say, Anthony Mantha's in. Mantha's got 22 in 40 versus Milano's 18 and 27. You know, it, they've got some tough decisions to make coming up. I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of noise about Lars Eller potentially, like, getting the boot when when Backstrom comes back is that all really I mean we talked about it a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago even but due to the fact that the way that the the Buffalo game ended do you think that's where a lot of people are finally like all right that's it get him out of here no I mean I think we've been hearing about that for a while and I think it's just because his lack of production uh, offensively to an extent it's dwindled a bit and so naturally that makes you go "Hmm, I don't know if we really want to be hanging on to this guy and I think part of the reason you want to keep playing Milano is you want to see what you have for next year because he's an unrestricted free agent next season. But he's right in that, you know, right in that age bracket you want. He'll be 27 at the beginning, of, beginning middle-ish of May. His birthday's on May 12th. You want to get younger. This was one of the oldest teams in the league. Their second oldest team in the league at the beginning of the season. And obviously that fluctuates as injuries and guys get brought up, sent down. But a guy like Milano, a guy like Dylan Strom, who you need to resign. These are guys that you've brought in that are producing, that are doing very well, that you need to, that you want to lock up because this team needs to get younger. And this, these are guys that are proving to you, they're showing you that they can play at the NHL level. And so having him up in the press box a bunch or even running the risk of sending him down, I, if they put Milano on waivers, he's getting claimed. For $750,000, any team would take him at this yeah. point that has that has a spot in their ro- roster where they're like, hmm, this guy can play in, you know, second line wing. They are not – there's no way he's getting through and going to Hershey at this point it, unless he's like a massive headache in the locker room that they've been able to protect or keep quiet. Like, I don't see teams letting him slide through. Low cap hit. He's got – you know, he's a free agent after this season, so if it doesn't work out, you can let him go. But I also would hate to see him sitting up in the press box. So there's opportunities to rotate him in the lineup, but – He's producing, and I would hate to see him not playing. But would, they have the flexibility would, of if Eller stays, because you know you never know what's going to happen. We've seen that injuries this season are a problem for this team. If you lose another center, you know, say you trade a guy like Eller, you now are in a bit of a bad spot because now you who's taking on that spot? So you move Eller out, and then Backstrom gets another injury, knock on wood, or Strom gets hurt, or Dowd, or or um, whomever, uh, Kuznetsov then who's your center you're calling up that can produce at the NHL level? I don't know. So there's possibility you move Strom to the wing where you can still play well and you still have that flexibility in your lineup. 
That's uh, that's very smart. Uh, definitely, when you have that flexibility, that's always a, a good thing. But now with TJ Oshi back, now you're saying like maybe you could rotate people, TJ Oshi or something like that. TJ Oshi gets hurt a lot, and it seems to be we keep thinking like it's the end of the world when he's out because he brings so much to the team. But maybe it would be something you could do with him and Sonny Milano, where TJ Oshi isn't on the ice every night, just as a precautionary thing. Maybe it could be like a he's on two games, he's off three games, and Sonny Milano's in for three games, something like that. Maybe rotating him would help keep him healthy and help with the longevity of his career a little bit. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think this team could use a little bit more rotation, and I think it depends on the player, and I don't know if we know enough about those specifics, and I don't know if we'd ever would as, as fans of the team. In terms of the more you play, the more consistency you get, the more, or the more consistency you get, the better you play because you get into the flow of things, you know? Um, I always feel like hockey would be the hardest thing to get into the flow of a game because you're only out there for like 60 seconds right. at most. And then you're back on the bench. You're like, and then you're on the bench for a couple of minutes. Like that one, I feel like would drive me nuts. But I remember like when I play sports, the more I'm playing, the more often I'm playing, the more comfortable I get, the better I get. And I didn't know, I don't know for me, hockey's weird, but I do feel like we've seen over and over Oshi just he's getting older he can't stay healthy part of that's the way he plays i think to an extent he's, he's a physical guy it's worked out really well for him but at some point your body is going to um not be able to heal quite as quickly as it did before and you know you need extra rest and i think letting a, having a guy like milano that can fit in the lineup and play on your not your top six but your second third line is a great thing i just want to see him play more often now, unfortunately, since we talked last, uh, John Carlson was injured, and he, he, it looks like he's going to be out indefinitely. We don't know of a return date for him, but he took, was it a puck to the jaw, a puck to the mouth? I just remember he got hit in the face, and there was just blood everywhere on the ice. It was a very scary scene to see. Yeah, I mean, this not that was the weirdest one because I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the injury? Because his, his wife posted a picture on Christmas Day, I believe, with his kids in reverse retro jerseys, and he's smiling, so like it doesn't look like, like his, his jaw is wired shut or anything like that. So I don't know what the injury is or how long it's going to be out, but man, that was that was a nasty-looking looking, uh, hit. Yeah, I mean, Carlson, puck to the face. They're, he's out for months. Like he Hopefully he'd be back in time for the playoffs, assuming this team makes the playoffs at this point. But, yeah, I mean, that's a long-term injury. I have to imagine he's going to put on, on long-term injury reserve if he hasn't already. And maybe he hasn't. I just missed it. He's definitely a guy that this team is going to miss. And given his, his leadership, given the skills that he has, and I don't know if this means the team – I don't think it will necessarily happen, but do they go looking for a defenseman? I wouldn't be necessarily the craziest thing for Brian, Brian McClellan to bring in a defenseman at the trade deadline. I mean, we've seen it the last couple of years where he's wanted to bring in a defenseman. Maybe not, it wasn't last year, but the last two. I mean, he had Jensen was, what, two years ago or three years ago? Um, Kempney, the year they won the Cup. You know, they've they've brought in defensemen to kind of have a couple extra guys, guys you can fit in NHL veterans. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they started looking at that as we get closer to the trade deadline. But losing a guy like John Carlson is, is a terrible thing. And I'm really curious as what the injury is. And I know one day we'll kind of learn what that is. And I was wondering if it was just like a broken cheekbone or something, something shattered 
it's just so bad that he can't play. But months, I mean, that's that's rough. It's rough. It's it's definitely rough for him, but it's it's rough for this team that look like they're finally getting healthy, and then they lose one of their, you know, their top defensemen. I know John Carlson was getting a little bit of flack uh, in November, but I think maybe this could be a, a type of situation where like distance makes the heart grow fonder type of deal. Like I think people are going to realize <laughs> how much he means to to this team and and how much of a leader he was on defense. Because let's see what your your top pairing now. I'm looking at dailyfaceoff.com. Eric Gustafson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk is your your number number one pairing. Well, to be fair, Gustafson's tearing it up right now, at least offensively. So I can't be too upset about that one. But right, you know, when you lose a guy like John Carlson, I don't think anybody can necessarily step in to the lineup and take up you know take his spot and be able to fill in in the same way that he plays. So. Yeah. It's going to be a tough thing for this team in terms of being able to recover. It looks like he stopped by Caps practice today um, and was in good spirit, so that's a that's a good thing to see. It it's also is a big deal to lose him for the power play because he was always the guy that was teeing up Ovi and taking shots himself. Like he's uh, he's quite the goal scorer himself, John Carlson. So I mean, this really is like a this is a double whammy loss for this team. Oh yeah, I mean it, yeah, losing a guy like John Carlson. Any team that loses a guy of his talent, it's it's going to hurt. And so I wouldn't be surprised if McClellan's kind of keeping an eye on the trade market and see if there's a defenseman he could pick up. Um, where was it? Locked on Caps podcast. They were talking about Eric Carlson potentially being available. Now you're like, hmm, maybe I will think about this one a little bit. And <laughs> maybe I might want to inquire, but I don't know how many years he's got left So in his contract. So. That would be a tough one. I know it's a lot of money, though. So I think as they get a better idea in terms of when he could come back, and maybe they already have it, that might kind of play a role in terms of what they decide to do going forward. Uh, what else you got? Uh, Ovechkin? He just keeps doing it, man. Like, the age is – I don't know if this is appropriate, but age is nothing uh, but a number to him because he's still tearing up. He is on pace for one of his best offensive production seasons. First star of the month for December, like nothing slows him down. No. And and I think like what the Capitals are doing, like they realize like this is going to be a rough season and, you know, we're, we're probably not going to win the president's trophy and all that kind of stuff. So they're like, we're just going to put all of our eggs in the OV basket and we are just going to help this guy and do everything we can to get him up to that Gretzky uh goal count which if you were watching the winter classic Gretzky was on and they were like what what's going to happen if OV reaches your uh your goal count and he goes I don't think it's an if anymore it's like I think it's a when he he hits it so Gretzky's already prepared to lose that title it's going to be a little while but he's ready for it he's ready to he's ready to go for it and Ovi's ready to snatch it from him I mean let's think about this he's what it was it's it what's the total again 894 3 94, 93, something like that. And he's at 809 now. So that's, oh, math. 84 <laughs> away, something oh, like math. that. Ugh, lame. Who likes numbers? Uh, he's, what, 84 away? I mean, that could be, honestly, not next season, but the one after that. At the rate no. he scores. Am I wrong? In like, okay, so let's say he scores 45 next season. Sure. Right? So that would put him at about 40-something 40, 40 to go. But he still has this season where he can right. score 20 more. So it could be not next year, but the year after that, that we're doing a countdown uh, to catch Gretzky. 
And that's legitimately possible right now. So, I mean, it's just, it's. Yeah, I've been telling people April 2024 is when he could probably hit it. But now that you're actually doing the math. No, no, that's that's too soon. It might be too soon. April. I mean, you can see like April 2025. Maybe Christmas 2024. What if it was the game right before? There's your Christmas present. Being the all-time leading goal scorer. Yeah. Uh, other news. Oh, we didn't even bring this up yet. The legend that is Devontae Smith-Pelly, DSP, he retired. He announced his retirement this week. Good for him. I mean, good career. He's got a, he's got a cup to his name, yeah. and he was a big part of that cup run. So, uh, you know, good career. Congratulations to him. And, um, you know, happy for him. I hope that the Caps can bring him in in some sort of capacity as, you know, as Brandon gets his cup over. As some, uh, you know, like a, a representative. What's the word I'm looking for here? You know, pop in for games. An ambassador. Kind of An ambassador. Thank you. Yeah. Something along those lines, and uh, you know, keep him as part of the team in some way. I think that'll be, I think that'll be pretty awesome. DSP. He's an absolute legend for for what he did for that cup run. That cup run would not have been a cup run without DSP. He was such an integral part. This is some of the best hockey he ever played. When he did come back the next year, he wasn't really the same guy. But um, without him, that cup run would not have gone as long as it did. I don't think we would have the Stanley Cup without him. And he gets major points from me because when the WWE sent the Capitals a belt, he wore it the entire parade route. So good for him. Yeah. I mean that's uh, I mean it's pretty awesome that he was able to have a good career and, and have an opportunity to win a cup and be such a big part of it. So I think he went to the KHL for a couple of years after his NHL career was over. Well, we won't mistaken. hold that against him. Yeah, yeah, but he can come back here, come back here, do a couple signings. You can sign my my replica Stanley Cup. I would love that. But yeah, awesome career for him, Stanley Cup champ DSP. Never take that away from you, buddy. Never. What else we got going on in Caps World? Congratulations are in order for Lars Eller, who has now moved into sole possession of second place on the NHL's all-time points list amongst Denmark-born players. He moves past Nikolai Ellers. He moved past him in that game uh, last Tuesday against the Rangers. So that's pretty cool. Good for him. As we were previously talking about getting him out of the lineup. As we trash him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no Lars Eller like I still would love to have a Lars Eller t-shirt not a jersey because I got enough jerseys at this point but I mean he scored one of the biggest goals in the history of the Washington Capitals so you you could get a Eller jersey for the new stadium series sweaters because we haven't seen it, them yet calm down let's face it <laughs> gonna be a good one because they are using the Weagle as the main logo on the chest. I have apprehensions about this. Okay, I don't but care. Let's You're get, wrong. Let's get, wait, let's get into Jersey Talk in a second because I just saw We got a little bit of breaking news. 11 minutes ago, Capitals tweeted out. Everybody, let's welcome to the world baby Ruby James Elizabeth Dowd. Congratulations to Nick Dowd. Mom and baby girl doing great. He's got a kid. Good for him. But, uh, yeah, let's get back to the Jersey Talk for a second. You got the reverse retro on. I'm, you know, I still think in last year's reverse retro, I'm a bigger fan of. Wrong. You know, I like the black. I was actually, there was a, a week or so ago where I saw them in the blacks and I was like, you know what? I do have a problem with them. I think the, I think the blue and the bronze need to be switched because that's how it was before. 
And I think that's what's bothering me about it. Um, but other than that, I do like them. I just liked, I like the red, white, and blue better. And I think I always wanted to see when they were in the black and bronze era, I always wanted to see the Capitol Dome logo and the Screaming Eagle in the red, white, and blue. And we got to. And that's why I think I like those better. Um, okay. I'm curious to see. I feel like the Weagle, though, really big is going to look kind of silly. Like, I'm, I, we haven't seen it really big. And so I'm a little anxious to see how that's going to look. I think if, I mean, the picture is white and a blue Weagle. If they have no red on this jersey, I think that would look even better. I think you just have some white and blue, and that's it's it. It's like a hatred of the color red. Like, what has it done to you? I'm over it. We've been on. We've been up red since like 2007. Like that's that's like 15 years. Dude, this isn't European football. It's not soccer. We don't change our jerseys every year. That'd be cool. But though. it's oh, been man, a long I have to time. Fly a new jersey every year. My wife would kill me. All right. So uh, yeah, the reverse retros that I'm currently wearing. They will only be on display one more time, January 14th. Why are they already stopping this? Like, Why did they, they only good... sell like five of them? They sold a lot of them, and they've won almost every game in them. Obviously, they're good um, luck. We should be wearing them. Wait, is that true? Oh, no, it's the blue ones that have really bad luck. Yeah, but they, they should wear them more as well. No, don't. I will come up there. Yeah. Th these black reverse retros should be the primary. The white weagle should be the away. And then the W is the alternate. Done and done. Done you know and done. I, it, okay, so if I'm a marketing person, and I'm not, uh, I would wait until Ovechkin retires and then you switch him up. But he started in these. He should end in these. These reverse retros. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, no, uh -huh. yeah, a little book little bookend. I got book you. Okay. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. I'm down. It's not gonna happen, but I'm down. But yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah, it is weird. I I you know, I like the reverse retros. I think bringing back the Screaming Eagle and the Capitol Dome logo for a third jersey would be cool. I think with Adidas, the partnership ends after is it this season? Or next it's season? Soon. It? it is soon. Yeah, I yeah. know. I think it'll be interesting to see what the next partnership, which we don't even know who that's going to be with yet, I believe. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of fun, crazy things they come up with, because maybe um, they'll actually sell more of these freaking jerseys than 12. These sold out. What are you talking about? So sell more of them. You'll make more money. <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I can't get it in my head. Like, it just, it made no freaking sense to me. Yeah. All right, so is that it for what's going on in Caps World? Anyways, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think we can wrap up Caps World because this got weird in a hurry. It and uh, let's go chat about a game that I saw for the first time in like three years. I saw a game live! <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. Now let's go down on the farm. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan who was live in person seeing the bears at giant center that's why we didn't do a show last week because the guy was going up to chocolate town coach dan what's going on down on the farm what's going on is i can't figure out how to watch this freaking world juniors game on my computer <laughs> i'd say somebody helped me out up there but this is not this 
It's not how podcast works. It's not live. But as you said, we'll start in Hershey, where the Bears went two and one since we last talked. Wins over Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Providence, which I saw live. My streak of only seeing them lose is over. I'm now one and five. There it is. They won one nothing. It was amazing over Providence. Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 47 points, four up on second place Providence. So the Bears have played one more game. They'll be back at it on Saturday where they host Charlotte at the Giant Center before welcoming Syracuse on Sunday. Their rather long homestand continues next Wednesday when they host Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Brain, let's talk about this Bears game that I was at for a minute. Last time I went to a hockey game was the fall of 2019, so before COVID ruined everything. And when that puck went in the net, it was like, it was it was great that feeling of getting up and cheering. I took my son to his first ever live sporting event, his first ever hockey game. He had no idea what was going on when I picked him up to like cheer with him. Uh, my he was like, "Put me down! Like, what's happening right now? It's too loud." I mean, he's three. Um, a friend of mine and her son came. He's five. He was excited after they won. They not they won after they scored the goal. He turns to my son and goes, we won. And I was like, no, no, man, it's the first period. Like we still got plenty of, or second period. We still got plenty of hockey left to play, like settle down, but it was great. It was great to see them win. It was great to be there. Giant center, fantastic arena. It was dollar hot dog night. And they ran out of the dollar hot dogs at like halfway through the second period, what? which was weird. Cause I went to get one instead of spending two bucks on hot dogs. I spent like 13 freaking dollars. I feel like the food is more expensive at giant center than it was at capital one. I don't know what is a Capital One now because I haven't been to Capital One since 2019, uh, fall of 2019. So I, I'm excited to go to a Caps game. And uh, it was great. It was great to see. Great arena. Great atmosphere. Let's go Bears. In uh, other Bears news, head coach Todd Nelson has been named as the head coach for the Atlantic Division at the AHL All-Star Classic, which will be held on February 5th and 6th in Laval, Quebec. And congratulations to former Capital and Hershey Bear Chris Bork, who will have his jersey retired by the Bears on January 14th. So that's pretty cool. Let's head down to South Carolina, where the Stingrays went 3-0 with wins over Savannah, Norfolk, and Greenville. They are currently tied for third in the South Division with 37 points, three back of first-placed Atlanta. Though, Atlanta has played five more games than South Carolina. Who comes up with the scheduling in the ECHL? I just, just, just ridiculous. Stingrays are back at it tonight, hosting Orlando at the North Charleston Coliseum before welcoming Atlanta on Friday. They then are on the road on Saturday in Savannah before heading to Atlanta next Wednesday. And congratulations are in order for Stingrays captain Andrew Chernochan. Sure. Guessing that one on playing on his uh, playing in his, I should say, 600th game tonight with the Stingrays. That's pretty crazy. So congratulations to him. Brandon, one thing I've been thinking about and I started tweeting about when I was up there in Hershey, we need to bring nothing against the Stingrays. They're just too far away. Great organization to be paired with. Love following them. You're just too freaking far. I want the ECHL. I'd love to have an AHL team, but I love being associated with the Bears. Don't want to lose that. Let's bring the ECHL to Maryland. That's my plan. Baltimore. The problem with bringing the team to Baltimore is that Baltimore is not a minor league city. It's a major league town. It is. You know, I don't know if it could host an NHL team, especially being so close to D.C., but it's a, it's a, it's a major league town. 
So I want a team. If it's not in Baltimore, I do feel like Annapolis could do it. You know, looking at the population, Annapolis has a bigger population than some of these ECHL teams that are not necessarily in hockey hotbeds. I think we can make it work, guys. Bring, you know what? According to, I forget who it was on Twitter, telling me Norfolk Admirals having some trouble. The Annapolis Admirals. I'd be fine with that. I mean, you got the whole nautical theme right there. Let's make it happen. ECHL, the Annapolis Admirals. I don't know where they would play or who's owning them and buying them. I don't even know what that would cost. I can contribute like a hundred bucks. Let's do it. Annapolis Admirals. Let's does the does the Navy have a hockey team? Like I know the Navy football is huge, but does Navy have a hockey team? Hold on, I'm gonna Google the rinks in Annapolis. U.S. Naval Academy Hockey Club. So they play one thousand. It's probably got to be a bigger rink. Okay. So, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, that's my thing. I want hockey back in the state of Maryland. ECHL team. Let's make it happen. Bring them to Montgomery County. Our traffic already sucks. Let's make it worse. That's what's going on down on the farm. Yeah, there's plenty of hockey history in Maryland. There's plenty of hockey fans in Maryland currently. You know, that's why we started this podcast. You know, 10 years ago, you and I were talking and I was like, God, we're old. It is 10 years old, man. And uh, I remember like I wanted to talk Caps hockey and no one in in Maryland or Baltimore was talking about the Capitals. Nobody. So that's why we started this whole thing. Because I'm like, if no one's going to talk about it, we can. I think the guys over Russian Machine might disagree with you, sir. But no, I mean, they're they're in Frederick. That's like two hours away. I didn't know that. Yeah, not in Baltimore. Two hours driving, driving on seventy. Yeah, it might be. Never mind. Take yeah. it back. That might be. That's a little crazy. Yeah, I let's let's do it. ECH. I'm I'm putting it on Twitter right now. ECHL to Maryland. Let's make it happen, everybody. But yeah, that's what's going on down on the farm. Go Bears. Go Stingrays. Now let's go around the NHL and beyond. Here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. Plenty of stuff is happening. The Winter Classic has happened. Pretty cool there. But uh, right now in the World Juniors, U.S. is beating Canada 2-1. to one. Five minutes left in the first as I'm looking at this on mute. They stopped play. Did something happen? Now I'm confused. I want to know what happened because no one's. everyone's looking at the scoreboard and everyone's by the benches. I don't know. But anyway, U.S. is beating Canada currently 2-1 to one in the World Juniors in the semifinals. Coach Dan, tell us what's going on around the NHL and beyond. Let's start in New York, where Gary Bettman announced during the 2023 Winter Classic between Boston and Pittsburgh that the 2024 Winter Classic will be held in Seattle between the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. I like this idea. I think it'll be fun. I was shocked you know, that you said It'll that. probably be raining. <laughs> where do they play in seattle that's they'll outdoors. have some starbucks oh the seahawks uh, yeah, yeah yeah oh i mean you could play it at the the mariners they don't have a dome do they i don't think so you could no. play it at whatever it's called and aren't they like right next to each other i'm not sure oh it's t-mobile park now i apologize so yeah the mariners are like oh they got a bunch of stuff right there so the lumen lumen field so that's where the Seahawks and the Sounders play. They're like literally right next to each other. 
more or less. There's a little guy. It's kind of like Oriole Park and M&T Bank. Huh? Like, they're quite close to each other. I think they'll do T-Mobile because I feel like they like baseball stadiums because the seats face towards home plate versus right. football. So, I, I feel like it will be at the Mariner Stadium versus the Seahawks. But I like it. I You know, for whatever reason, the Pacific Northwest always is kind of, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, I like this. I think it'll be fun. Let's see. Back on December 22nd, Minnesota's Mason Shaw was suspended for two games for kneeing San Jose's Yevgeny Shvechnikov. Toronto head coach Sheldon Keefe was fined $25,000 for demeaning conduct directed at game officials. What did he say? Did he say or did he like flip the bird or something? Like, what did you do that the NHL was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. We're finding you a lot of money. And uh, speaking of Toronto, the Maple Leafs were fined $100,000 for violating the collective bargaining agreement between the NHL and the NHL Players Association due to their team's travel to St. Louis on December 26th. Now, according oh, to the yeah. collective collect, according to the collective bargaining agreement between the NHL and the Players Association, teams are not permitted to have activities between December 23rd and the 26th. I feel like that's a stupid thing to get fined for in the sense of like, you know between these dates you can't do anything? Like, you're dumb. Or they're just like, $100,000, we don't care, which is, like, would make me furious for a whole other reason. But, like, that was a dumb thing to get fined. Like, you should be able to avoid it. And they flew at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Like, you, you couldn't wait two hours and a minute or fly the next morning. <laughs> like, this seems two so... A minute. Like, be like, uh, well, we flew at 12.01. That's the 27th. You can't find us. You know? Like, or just go the next day. Idiots. Dallas signed winger Joe Pavelski to a one-year $3.5 million extension, and the Rangers signed winger Jimmy Vesey to a two-year $1.6 million extension. World Juniors, as we've been discussing throughout the night, that is in full swing. U.S. is currently playing Canada. What is it, Brandon? Two to one, you got the game on. I can't figure out how to freaking stream it on Two to my one. computer. Two to one, U.S. is up over Canada. Suck it, Ryan. Now I just jinxed us. God. Uh, sorry, everybody. The semifinal game. Uh, earlier today, the Czech Republic defeated Sweden in overtime and will play the winner of tonight's game in the gold medal game. And finally, we are approaching the one-year anniversary of the unnecessary, uncalled for, and let's be honest, failing Russian invasion of Ukraine. This past Monday, a Russian missile attack struck and destroyed the Altair Arena in the town of Drovkevka, according to the Ukrainian Ice Hockey Federation. Now, that venue had hosted Ukrainians' biggest hockey and figure skating school. Altair is the fifth arena to be destroyed by Russian strikes since the start of the war, along with venues in Domsk, Mariupol, Melitopol, and Sieverodonetsk. I hope I pronounced those all correctly. Moscow has been saying its attacks aim to reduce Kiev's ability to fight, I question that, considering you're bombing a freaking arena. Now, Ukraine says that the attacks have no military purpose and are intended to hurt civilians, which is a war crime. So how about we stop with this crap? That's the news from the past two weeks in the NHL and beyond. Well, lots of hockey going on, lots of craziness going on. We've got the World Juniors, we've got the NHL, the Winter Classic, and the Caps are doing pretty well. Anything else we should cover for this episode of What the Puck, Coach Dan? Let's wrap it up, buddy. I got to get some dinner.
<laughs> Me too. All right, guys. Well, if you want to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you? You can find me on Twitter talking about ECHL Maryland at WTP. I'm st- I'm like so focused on this and it's not going to happen. Uh, find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan talking about Capitals Hockey, Arsenal Football Club, and how they got screwed in the game the other night against Newcastle. They should have had all three points with two penalties. They should have been awarded top of the table right now. Uh, also, they're on there talking about the Bills and the Washington Commanders and how they cannot get out of their own way and how they got eliminated from the playoffs and didn't even know it or had the opportunity to be eliminated. Just can't wait for that team to be sold and for the new owner to somehow also screw up all the time. But that's finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you've enjoyed this show, go ahead and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the pod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Capitals, the Bears, Stingrays, hopefully the ECHL coming to Maryland, the NHL, and other things that Brandon finds fun. He will post them on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the pod. But Brandon, I was talking about the Bills and the Commanders, who also with a new owner hopefully changed the stupid name. But hey, if they happen to be a fan of a uh, major league town and a major league club based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should listen to? You can listen to my podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh talk all things Baltimore Ravens. We get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals game for the season finale of the NFL this year. It's coming up on Sunday, so you can listen to that new show probably an hour and a half before I release this show. I don't know which one I'm going to do first, which one I'm going to edit first, but we'll see. Uh, Now, we do the show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Discord and Dan's favorite Hive. Check us all out on those social medias. Say, I listen to What the Puck, and I'm a Washington Capitals fan, and you should too. So that's it for the show this week. Let's go over the games until we talk again. Oh, we got a back-to-back this week. On Thursday, January 5th, the Capitals are in Columbus up against the Blue Jackets. That game is at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on ESPN. And then on Friday, January 6th in D.C., That game's at 7 o'clock up against the Nashville Predators, and that game is on NBC Sports Washington. And then on Sunday, January 8th, the Capitals welcome the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, we go to their house, then they come to our house. Uh, Hopefully there's no bad blood there. Uh, That game is at 5 o'clock on Sunday, and you can watch that on NBC Sports Washington. So, Coach Dan, back-to-backs. We got Columbus away, Nashville home. What goalie is in for what game? Kemper, home games, and uh, Lindgren in Columbus. So you have tomorrow's Thursday's game. You have Charlie Lindgren against Columbus. Yes, I would have Charlie on the road, Kemper at home against Nashville and against Columbus, and then in Philadelphia, and that Lindgren play again next Saturday the 14th. Again. What is this Columbus, Nashville, Columbus, Philadelphia, Philadelphia? What? I don't, I don't make I don't make the schedule. So weird. And then Columbus again at the end of the month. I have questions. All right. So if Lindgren 
let's say hypothetically they go with your your thing. Lingren gets the start in Columbus. If he plays well against Columbus, do you then play him against Columbus on Sunday? No. Kemper's your, I mean Kemper's the number one. He's your guy. You keep saying that and I don't believe you. <laughs> Wait, you don't believe he's the number one for them or you don't believe that I mean it? Or that no, I, I think I, that. No, I think you think that. I think he's Because that's fact. I, not, I don't know. Good luck getting rid of Kemper if you want to go with Lindgren, which, by the way, has no historical data to support that he's the number one guy. I don't with want either Kemper's of them to go away. Five point two five million. Oh, so so much money. Ooh, look, um, that's a three-year deal. I thought it was a two-year deal. I don't want the, either of them to go anywhere. I like this; these two as a tandem. However, I've been more impressed with Lindgren than Kemper. Neither of them are bad. Both of them very good. I, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, that's it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.